gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast episode 72 which is entitled business i am your host g2 and before i get into any of the topics today i want to read you off the national food days of the week and today being the first day of may it is chocolate parfait day tomorrow may 2nd will be chocolate truffle day may the 3rd will be chocolate custard day as well as raspberry tart day May the 4th is Home Brew Day. So everybody on Star Wars Day, May 4th. And also, if you make home brew beer, please drink responsibly on Home Brew Day, May the 4th. And also it is Candied uh, Orange Peel Day as well on May 4th. May 5th is Hoagie Day as well as Cinco de Mayo Day. And also Enchilada Day. That's what all those three are combined literally on May 5th. May 6th, my birthday is Crepe Suzette Day. And finally, on May 7th, it is Roasted Leg of Lamb Day. Now, with the National Food Days out the way, I just want to give everybody a little update on what's been going on with me personally, because I don't think I've been talking to you guys about myself personally, or if anything at all. Usually, I just diving right into the topics, or I dive into people's uh passing away but today i want to do something different on that i just want to talk about me for a minute before i get into the topics uh this past week has been uh getting ready for finals week because today's because uh this week is finals week and i want to wish everybody that is a college student to uh have great uh luck on their finals because I only had to do like papers and like a shoot a music video, which I got that done and it's been turned in. So only thing I'm doing now is just waiting for the grades to fall in. And I know I'm passing all my grades, so I'm not having a problem with that. But I want to wish everybody well wishes on this week of finals for a lot of people. And also, this is also a week for people graduating. People are waiting to see what their grade is going to be. Do they walk on stage? Do they not walk on stage? So I hope everybody passes their finals. And I hope everybody that's uh, supposed to graduate and walk on that stage walks on it and grab their diplomas and just go about their day or go about their life and not have to worry about college again. But if you are a graduate student, well, about to become a graduate student, hope you walk into your uh, newfound uh system as a graduate student if you will um anything else no i don't think there's nothing else i just want to wish everybody good luck on whatever they're doing this week uh for college students now on to topics uh the first topic i want to talk about is coming from yahoo news as the article reads trevor reed's parents describe prisoner swap after former Marine released by Russia as the article would read the parents of Trevor Reed, a 30 year old U.S. Marine veteran imprisoned by Russia, who was released in a prison swap, announced Wednesday described the moment they found out their son would be coming home. In an interview with CNN, Joey and Paula Reed said they were first notified by the State Department of their son's release after he spent nearly three years in prison. Reed was sentenced to nine years in prison in July 2020 after he was accused of assaulting a Russian police officer following a heavy night of drinking the summer before. Reed and his family have denied the charges against him. In exchange for Reed, the Biden administration returned a Russian pilot who had been serving a 20-year federal prison sentence in Connecticut for conspiracy to smuggle cocaine into the United States. Reed's parents said they were able to speak with Trevor soon after his release and that he sounded subdued, overwhelmed, and in shock. According to Joey Reed, his son told him, well, told them he was flown from Moscow to Turkey where the swap took place. The American plane pulled up next to the Russian plane and they walked both prisoners across this at the same time. Like you see in movies, Joey Reed said, while Reed's parents were on the phone with them, they received a call from President Biden, whom they met with in Washington, D.C. last week. Biden, Joey Reed, said was totally gracious and wonderful and kind and told them he hoped to be able to meet with them again soon. In a statement earlier Wednesday, Biden confirmed Reed's release. I hope 
well, I heard in the voices of Trevor's parents how much they worried about his health and missed his presence. Biden said, and I was delighted to be able to share with them the good news about Trevor's freedom. The negotiations allowed us to bring Trevor home, required difficult decisions that I do not take lightly, he added. His safe return is a testament to the priority my administration places on bringing home Americans held hostage and wrongfully detained abroad. We won't stop until Paula Wellen and others join Trevor in the loving arms of family and friends. Okay, that's... See, okay, so we swapped out one guy who supposedly had a drunken night in 2020 hitting an officer in Russia, a Russian officer. We exchange, we bring that guy back home, and we, in exchange, give Russia back a pilot who was... Conspiracy to say that he brought in cocaine into the United States. Okay, you just said, Biden, that you guys are trying to bring everybody home. You won't stop until all this type of stuff. Okay, but what about Brittany Griner? Brittany Griner is still off in a Russian jail cell. You mean to tell me you guys couldn't have brought her back? She has been publicized more than homeboy over here, and she only had like a vape pin. In her bag, while this guy was punching a <laughs> punching a police officer, being drunk. Well, he was drunk, and he punched a police officer after having night of drinking. Come on now, how can y'all say that? How can you confidently say that you are trying to bring home people back, but you did not bring back Brittany Griner? She that d- doesn't make sense. Her crime was way less than homeboys. You got you caught somebody with a vape pin compared to somebody punching a officer. What are we doing here? See, all right, but cool. Homeboy's back. But you understand what I'm about to get here. I got to make it racy because it's true. Homeboy is white while Brittany Griner is black. People might say Joe has nothing to do with race. Okay, then let's think about this. You have a former Marine and... You have a woman who happens to play athletics, basketball. So people might say, okay, you hold the Marine higher than Brittany Griner. You might, if that's where you're going with it. And since Biden has a whole background of uh, military and the family with his son and all that type of stuff, so he might have just chose that one over the basketball player. Again, it's still wrong. You need to get Brittany Griner out of Russia, what I'm basically trying to say here. It's good that somebody's family member got brought back home from Russia to America. Let's not try to bury the lead on that. It's a good thing that you were able to take care of that situation. But for you to say that you are trying to bring people back home and my administration like cares for people like that, yo, you got it. You can't be just be throwing that out there and you guys are not bringing bringing Brittany Griner back. It doesn't it doesn't seem fair to me. A guy that's on the outside looking in for. All this. It doesn't seem right to me. That's all I'm just trying to say here. So again, congratulations that he's back. Trevor Reed, you're uh, back home to an American soil. Don't do anything stupid over here because I promise you that military car will only get you so far because as you've seen from a lot of homeless folks, a lot of them are, how do you say, veterans. They're not cared for in the greatest of ways. So I hope you are sobered up. I hope you are not planning on drinking. If you do drink inside your home and don't be a lush and just do what you got to do. Okay. Because again, America doesn't take care of homeless folks like that. They don't take care of veterans like that. That's a fact. Just want to throw it out there. So again, congratulations that you're back, but bring Brittany Griner back to the States. That's all I'm saying in this. Now on to a update for the Ukraine situation. Um, it seems to me that now the Ukraine uh, c- civilians or whoever is standing up for Ukraine over there, I don't know if they got an army over there or not, but it's just more or less that the Ukraine people are basically attacking Russia now at their home turf because now, and this coming from the Washington Post as I was skimming through it because there's a lot of things right here. Uh, it says right here, the Kremlin has sought to minimize discussions of Russian war losses inside Ukraine, but apparent Ukraine attacks on Russian soil in the past week highlight how the conflict has spilled across the border, unsettling residents of regions near the border and threatening to upend President Vladimir Putin's effort to isolate his civilians from fighting he started. 
So what this whole article, as I was skimming it, and I'm constantly skimming it, is basically saying that people in the Ukraine are now starting to go over and take their fight over into Russian soil. So now Russian uh, civilians and Russian society can at least feel the exact same effect that the Ukraine people have been feeling for this past, I believe, two months that they've been fighting over there since Russia has been basically, like, taken over. And it's funny to me because my mother had this exact legit conversation this past week because we were watching uh, ABC News and it talked about how Russia was still constantly attacking the Ukraine uh, people over there in the Ukraine uh, territory. My mother asked a question like, why haven't they went into the Russian like country yet? And we, me and my father were like, do you not see how big Russia is compared to Ukraine? The Ukraine is going to get slaughtered. No disrespect. But then reading this, I'm like, oh, well, there it is. It's like, no, nah, some of the Ukraine people could just run up and start just beating up on uh, the Russian, like, territories over there. It's starting to move over to Russia. I have no problem with it because an eye for an eye matter. What I have a problem with is that there's still no like into the resolve yet this thing is a vladimir putin thing and putin needs to quit this get out of russian get out of ukraine society get out of it you don't need to be there you have russia bro you don't need the ukraine you don't need to do that but since you've been at war well you invaded them for the past two months you think that you want to have it if i can't have it i will just basically destroy it because a lot of what at least on the western side because they call it america they call it the north american like situation over here we're, we're over here on the west of the world we see on our news platforms you know photos of places in ukraine being destroyed and we just think that okay ukraine is basically now a whole place that just got destroyed by russian uh forces and troops and now I'm starting to now think that, okay, now the Ukraine just need to be, just go over there and just beat up on Russia now. I'm on the side of my mother now. Because, you know what, if that can happen, you know what, this will probably bring some of the drama to Putin's doorstep. And then hopefully with that, the people in Russia can now really put the pressure on Putin and say, hey, yo, quit it. Quit this, man. Because now you're starting to bring that crap over to us and we don't want that. And that is a good sign to me. Hopefully we get things settled uh, quickly. And with Biden hopefully trying to give Ukraine another $33 billion, we can uh, end this thing quickly. And what I mean by Biden trying to give away $33 billion to Ukraine, this comes from the Associated Press, they basically break it down because uh, President Biden asked Congress on Thursday for $33 billion to bolster Ukraine's fight against Russia, signaling a bargaining and long-haul American commitment as Moscow's invasion and international tensions it has inflamed show no signs of rescinding. The package has about $20 billion in defense uh, spending for Ukraine and U.S. allies in the region and $8.5 billion to keep Ukraine President Zelensky's government providing services and paying salaries. And there's another $3 billion in global food and humanitarian programs, including money to help Ukraine refugees who fled to the U.S. and to produce American farmers to grow uh, wheat and other crops to replace the vast amounts of food Ukraine normally produces. I did the math in my head, and actually I wrote it on a piece of paper. That is $31.5 billion, so I have to ask the question, where's the other $1.5 billion going? Because he's asking for $33 billion, and you just broke down. Three of them. One of them was twenty billion. The other one's eight point five billion. The other one's three billion. And once you do the math of that, that's thirty one point five billion. Where is the other one point five billion? They do not say that in the Associated Press uh, post. So I have to ask the question, Biden. Where is that one point five billion going? I would like to know. Are you guys just gonna pocket that off to somebody else? Are you guys saying that because you know in business dealing, some people might really just need like probably a hundred grand, but then they ask for like two hundred and fifty grand. And then they like just pocketed the one hundred fifty thousand themselves, and they used that original hundred grand for something that they needed it for. Maybe this is another one of those things. Again, this is just speculative. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm just a guy on the outside reading things, and I just want to constantly clarify that. So, Biden, where are we gonna do with this? Where's the one point five billion going? Where's that other one point five billion going? I would like to know that. It's great that we're going to give money to the Ukraine forces. I have no problem with it. No problem at all. Because you know what? Money is a 
tool to just get what you want. That's all it is. And personally, I'm starting to think money is a myth. And why do I say money is a myth? Because in something else that got brought up this week with Biden as well, I just want to read you guys this, and this is coming from uh, CNBC. As it says, Biden says he's not considering 50000 in student loan forgiveness. And this was Biden basically coming out Thursday as he uh, said in a speech at the Roosevelt Room at the White House, I'm not considering 50000 in debt reduction, but I am in the process of taking a hard look at whether or not there will be additional debt forgiveness because somebody asked him about uh, student loan forgiveness, and he said that he'll have an answer on that within the next couple of weeks. My whole thing with that is, why do we still have debt in America if we're giving $33 billion over to Ukraine for their uh, situation that they're going through? How do we still have debt, and how do we still owe? I'm just trying to figure that out. I believe that we have a vast majority of money that people can easily just forgive, but people don't want to forgive it. I can understand why it's basically the mafia loan shark type of business. I understand it. That's what America is. They want to take your money from you. They want to do whatever they can from you, take whatever as much as they can from you and go about their business. Because it's still weird to me when you think about it, how marijuana was once illegal, completely illegal. You got people in jail right now off of uh, the idea, not the idea, but on the strength of, hey, you used to distribute marijuana whenever it was illegal. You're in jail now. And now that marijuana has become legal in some states that you're even arrested in, you're still inside the jail cell. And the reason why it's now legal is because guess what? Uncle Sam and the people at the top were actually able to come together and figure out a plan how they could basically take some revenue off of the weed game. That's all it was about. And with this, I just don't understand how we still have student loan debt. It doesn't make sense to me personally at all. We value college a whole lot of work values people that goes in and get a college application well not college kid but college degree you need that now in some job requirements but you need to acquire debt and all these type of things it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't i think that student debt is a big old uh rat wheel or hamster wheel because there are professors that I have been in classes with that they have just said that they just got done paying off their student loans and that's crazy to me personally it doesn't make sense we should have no such thing as student loans for college uh, students there should be no such thing there should be no such thing as a debt in American society there should be no such thing as that but again I'm just a guy sitting from the sidelines, watching everything. But guess what the greatest thing about watching is? You get to see everybody's mistakes. You get to see where everybody failed. And you get to see how you could easily tweak the system or make the system work for you. So that's technically what I'm doing right now. I'm watching as everything's unfolding. And it just doesn't seem like this whole uh, debt thing is a real situation. I think this is a thing that people at the top, the brass, the... Let's just say the people that you don't see controlling the narrative and controlling the wheel for people out here. Because, again, if we're in debt, and this is now just me getting off of the student debt, because America has obviously they kept on doing this for various years upon a time. Whenever your top uh, legal, not legal, but your law officials, the state representatives and all this type of stuff stuff congress senate they have these big conference meetings and they always want to publicize it on the news by saying hey they're talking about this when is the uh debt going to get pushed back do we find it out and then they always had these things like okay there was a time whenever uh what was it where people didn't get paid where there was a time where uh people that we worked in airlines didn't get paid this was around what 2020 yeah, 2020, because people weren't able to go inside their uh, other businesses and all that type of stuff. Because I had to go to my, with my mom to one of her situations. She couldn't even go inside one of her things. And they had to go outside and, like, give her her stuff. 
Anywho, um, there was a time when we were facing some type of crap that the people at the top were saying, okay, we got to figure this out or we're going to shut down the government. And they had the whole thing where the government got shut down. There it was, the government shut down, where nobody got paid. No nothing. It was just constantly people doing their jobs as uh, what they were supposed to do. If you worked in a government like thing, I believe at the time they said no airline workers got paid. And that was the one thing that I couldn't understand. But getting to my point, I'm trying not to run this thing long here, which it feels to me that I have. This is nothing but a big whole thing of smoke and mirrors into the American government face. That's all I see this whole thing as. I see politicians as liars. I see this whole thing as nothing but a big circle jerk with a lot of people. There should be no such thing as a debt. There should be no such thing as loans. This whole thing is nothing but garbage and smoke and mirrors. That's all I see it as. It's just another big thing for Uncle Sam to basically control the human mind and the civilians that are inside of America. That's the only way I see this thing. That's just me. But again, I'm only one person. People might say there might be something else. I could be wrong. Who knows? Only thing I know is I don't have student debt, so I'm glad for that. I do pray for all my other uh, college uh, associates that have student debts, and they talk about it freely in college, which I never understand how you guys are just talking about it so freely, because if I were to ever try to obtain a debt, now nah, I got to drop out of college, fam. I got to drop out before I ever have to take any type of loan. That will never happen. Because I hate owing anybody. And I think personally, college is just basically for making the connections. You made the connections, go out into the free world and just start doing what you got to do now. That's all it is. But again, this is again a voice from a guy on the sidelines watching everybody else. That's just my whole opinion on the thing. But again, Biden's going to give away $33 billion. Well, that's what he's asking for Congress. But still, we have student debts and he doesn't know if he's going to forgive it or not. Just think about that. Biden saying he doesn't know if he's going to forgive student debt or not. That is still crazy to me. That's always one of the running points for every presidential candidate. And I believe that was one of his running points at a time. And now that he's in the chair, he's like, mm, nah, I don't know about that. So whenever it's time for re-election within another what? He just got elected with another two years. We'll see about that. We're going to see. Because again, it's going to be time for re-up. And he's going to, let's see who his uh, opponent is. I don't know who, because I don't care about presidents. I don't care about it at all. They always didn't announce a new one. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see what they got. But we'll see. Sorry for going on a tangent. It's just me just uh, thinking out loud. Now on to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, an update on their trial. Last week, we heard Johnny Depp give his testimony on the stand. And a lot of people on YouTube were making complete fun of how Johnny Depp just basically uh, obliterated Amber Heard's a lawyer because he would ask questions multiple times and he will basically says that uh, uh, speculative and you would just see people just chop that up and basically how Johnny Depp was basically mocking the lawyer as well as he was on the stand. Johnny Depp finally got done with being on the stand this Monday and from Johnny Depp getting off the stand, we got a pre-recorded deposition, well, pre-recorded testimony from Christian uh, Carino, an agent at Creative Arts Agency who had represented Depp and Heard, he detailed how about how Heard seemingly wanting to reconcile with Depp over a year after their split. Carino and Heard's text conversation was read aloud by Depp's legal team in the courtroom, which included Heard's message about Depp. I've written so many notes. Can you give him one? I don't know how or where to start. There's no way to begin and all I have to say, but I have so many. Finally, I am single, clear in my heart and mind. I just want him to know I love him and that I am sorry. Carino testified that he believed Heard was attempting to reconcile with Depp at the time. In a text sent to Carino in September 2017, Heard wrote, God, I miss him, referring to Depp. Another of hers from June 2018 read, I text him happy birthday. So that information came from a former talent agent that used to represent both Johnny Depp 
and Amber Heard. And the noise that you heard in the background just then was from an airplane flying over my home. I just want to clarify that. Now, after the former uh, agent would get done, we would get a psychologist who was hired by Johnny Depp's uh, legal team and testifying about Heard's health. This, this comes from ABC7. A forensic psychologist testified Tuesday that the actor Amber Heard suffers from personality a disorder borderline and historic personality disorder as a civil lawsuit between her and her ex-husband Johnny Depp continues to wallow in the couple's personal issues. The psychologist Shannon Curry was hired by Depp's legal team. She says she reached her diagnosis, well, diagnosis during 12 hours of interviews with her, as well as from reviewing her mental health records. Curry also testified that her does not suffer post-traumatic stress disorder from her relationship with Depp, as Heard has claimed. Depp's team hopes Curry's testimony bolsters their contradiction that Heard was the aggressor in the couple's troubled relationship. Depp just concluded four days on the witness stand and testified about Heard's need for conflict and her tendency to hound and pursue him during arguments when he tried to walk away and disengage. The two personality disorders are similar. Curry said borderline personality is a disease of instability. She said driven by an underlying fear of abandonment. She said people with the disorder will make desperate attempts to prevent that from happening. Evidence introduced earlier at the trial includes audio clips of Heard begging Depp not to leave and to stay with her after her after he indicated a desire to break up or separate. She also said that borderline personality seems to be a predictive factor for women who implement violence against their partner. Depp has said he is the one who was a victim of domestic violence and that Heard hit him on multiple occasions and threw items into paint cans and vodka bottles at him. Historic personality disorder Curry said is associated with drama and shallowness and a need to be the center of attention. She says there's a correlation in the, the disorder with people who are physically attractive and utilize their looks to get that attention. On cross-examination, her lawyers questioned Curry for potential bias, noting that she had dinner and drinks with Depp and his lawyers at Depp's house before she was hired. Curry said it was just part of the interview process. And Heard's lawyers called attention to evidence that her reported abuse to her therapist and to the couple's marriage counselor. Early Tuesday, jurors heard testimony from Tara Roberts, who managed Depp's private island in the Bahamas. She testified that she never saw Heard with any kind of bruises. Her testimony also provided another window into some of the extravagance of Depp's lifestyle. She says she was paid $120,000 to manage the island where Depp tooled around on a John Deere utility vehicle. The island had a four-person staff, including Roberts. Though Depp was only there a few times a year, one section of the shoreline on the island was dubbed Brando Beach for the actor with whom Depp had collaborated in the past. Roberts also testified about an incident that occurred where Depp and his family had a final excursion on the yacht on a yacht before it was to be sold to author J.K. Rollins. On cross-examinations, Roberts acknowledged that Depp passed out face-first in the sand and that she was arranged for a helicopter to take some of the passengers away after the yacht trip turned unpleasant. Earlier testimony also has centered on activists that occurred in the five penthouses Depp owned atop of the Eastern Columbia building in Los Angeles. The final witness Tuesday, Los Angeles police officer Melissa Senez testified about her visit to the building in May 2016, just days before her filed for divorce and showed up at a courthouse to seek a restraining order with a large mark on her face that she says came from a fight with Depp that night. The officer testified through a recording deposition that she saw that Heard had been crying but saw no evidence of an injury. Depp's lawyer says Melissa's uh, testimony is evidence that Heard faked her injury to damage Depp's reputation. Melissa could not recall many details of her interactions with Heard that night, but she did remember being impressed by the penthouse, how big and beautiful it was. Later in, as the week would go on, we would hear from Johnny Depp's sec uh, security guard. As this come from Insider, Johnny Depp's security guard says he paid a homeless man $420, chicken tacos, and Fiji water to get the actor's phone back after Amber Heard threw it out the window during a fight. 
Uh, Amber Heard threw Johnny Depp's phone out of the window during a fight in 2016. One of Depp's security guards testified in court on Thursday. Sterling Jenkins, a longtime member of Depp's security staff, testified he spoke about the aftermath of a fight the couple had on had on Heard's 30th birthday on April 21st, 2016. The argument has became a focal point of the trial, marking the point when the couple began to separate. Jenkins was working security the night of Heard's birthday party. His shift ended at 11.15 p.m., by which point he said Depp had not shown up. Depp's lateness is said to be what sparked an argument between the couple that ended with Depp leaving the apartment for one of his other homes later that evening. Jenkins said he arrived back at the couple's main home in the Eastern Columbia building in downtown Los Angeles the next morning at about 7.45 a.m. He says that he spoke with her on arriving and that she told him she got into a fight with Johnny last night and threw his phone, wallet, credit cards, and passports over the building, well, over the balcony and onto the street below. Jenkins said he then used the Find My iPhone program to track down Jeff's phone to Skid Row a neighborhood known for its homeless population not far from Depp and Heard's apartment building. Jenkins said he approached a homeless man about the phone who was honest and returned it. I gave him a reward for it, $420, chicken tacos, chips, apples, and a Fiji water, Jenkins said. On cross-examination by Heard's lawyers, Jenkins said Heard told him that Depp threw her phone out of a, win out a window first and that she responded by doing the same. Jenkins said he didn't look for her phone because she had already recovered it and continuing on with that uh they would get into amber heard's whole finkel matter situation because johnny depp last week i don't know if i mentioned it on the episode last week or not but anyway when johnny depp was on the stand last week depp talked about how amber heard basically took a crap in their bed and they got into it right here because uh jenkins talked about it on Thursday, Amber Heard took responsibility for the poop in her shared bed with Johnny Depp the night after the explosive fight. One of Depp's uh, security guards testified in court, adding that she called it a terrible joke. As the deposition would continue going on, Jenkins would testify about the time surrounding Heard's 30th birthday party on April 21st, 2016, and about how Amber Heard and Johnny Depp basically got into a fight in that he alleged that after the dinner, Heard berated Johnny and hit Johnny Depp. Uh, Depp left Heard in the apartment while he went to his house in Hollywood Hills. The next morning, after Heard left on a scheduled trip to Coachella, a housekeeper found Finkel matter on Depp's side of the couple's shared bed. My initial response to that was, I laugh. Depp testified earlier, describing the reaction to seeing a photo of the feces. It was so... Outside, it was so bizarre and so grotesque that I could only laugh. Jenkins testified about accompanying Heard on the Coachella trip before he heard her sister and a friend of hers left for the music festival. Jenkins fetched Heard's luggage and two dogs. He later had a conversation pertaining to the surprise she left in his boss's bed. Jenkins testified, which he referred to as the defecation. Heard described it as a horrible practical joke gone wrong, Jenkins said. Depp testified earlier in the trial that he didn't speak with Heard until more than a month later following his mother's death. He said Heard blamed the poop on her two dogs, an explanation Depp said he found, well, he didn't believe. Since they were teacup Yorkies that he estimated weighed about four pounds each, he lived with these dogs, said Johnny Depp said. I picked up their funk. It was not the dogs. And continuing on with this whole thing, and I think this is like the biggest thing out of the whole thing to be honest with you and this comes from yahoo news from the trial of this week so far amber heard didn't donate johnny depp seven million dollar divorce settlement to charity as she said she was going to do uh as the article reads elon musk wouldn't be testifying at amber heard and johnny depp's defamation trial but he's getting a lot of airtime this week on thursday it was revealed that musk most likely paid for part of heard's donation or lack of to the american civil liberties union after Heard and Depp settled their divorce in 2016, she publicly vowed to split her $7 million sum between two charities, ACLU and Children's Hospitals of Los Angeles. The Aquaman star has slated on multiple occasions, including in a UK's high court in 2020, that she donated the settlement as promised. However, neither organization has received the money in full. I talked about that last year around July. Terrence Dougherty, uh, the general counsel of the ACLU, testified in a video deposition that Heard has not donated her pledge of 300, well, not 300, 3.5 million to the organization. Only 1.3 million has been donated to date in Heard's name, which includes a donation from Depp himself. 
Terrence said Heard paid $350,000 directly. Indirectly, the ACLU received a $100,000 check from Depp, $500,000 from a donor advised fund at Vanguard, and $350,000 from a donor advised fund at Fidelity. Terrence said, we believe the $500,000 donation was from Musk while the Fidelity Fund was involved with Hurt. She has not donated $3.5 million as of today to the ACLU. True, Depp's lawyers asked. True, Terrence replied. Hurt's payments to the ACLU were supposed to be in installments over a 10-year period, as Musk explained to a group in, the, in a 2016 email. When asked why Musk was representing this on behalf of Ms. Hurt, Terrence said he thought it was because of the Tesla CEO had a prior relationship with the organization. Musk also dated Heard at the time. The last payment the ACLU received was in 2018 from the Fidelity Fund. Then the payments stopped coming. In 2019, the group reached out to Heard for the donation. We learned that she was having financial difficulties, Terrence said. Prior to the defamation trial, Depp scored a major victory when a judge ruled the ACLU had to turn over documents related to Heard's donations. Depp's lawyer says she lied about donating her divorce settlement during the UK libel trial, which he ultimately lost. So this tells you right here that, well, there you go. Amber Heard is not being looked in a good light again for the past. This is now the second week. Johnny Depp was able to get on there last week and make a mockery out of Amber Heard's lawyers last week. And this week, it still continues to be the same. And at one point, people were highlighting how Johnny Depp was basically doodling as things were going on, he'll show it all to his lawyers and his lawyers would get impressed. Him and his lawyers would have a talk about the doodle. There's video of that as well. So this tells you that Johnny Depp feels pretty confident about this whole uh, this whole case. And personally, if you're telling the truth, you should always feel confident about anything. Because you know what? The truth always comes out and that's about it. You With a lie that I learned, well, technically, I've learned from other people's mistakes. Because again, if somebody likes to be honest, in which I do... I'll just tell you point blank, hey, I didn't do it or something, or I did do it because there's no type of consequences anybody can really give me that. I'm like, oh, bad, because I never killed anybody or anything like that. So let me make that perfectly clear. But with a lie, you have to keep up with the lie. You have to keep up with the same fathom, how you told it, the same story, the same everything. With the truth, it's much more easier to remember because you want to why? It actually happened. With the lie, you got to remember how it happened what happened, and all this type of stuff. What the truth is always the same. It's always going to be the same answer, same reply, same consistency every time. With the lie, there's always going to be some type of wrinkle in the sheet, if you will. So right now, I think Johnny Depp is in a good position right now. I don't even think we're going to get the whole uh, six weeks. I know we're in week two of it. We're about to get week three now. But right now, Johnny Depp's in the driver's seat, in my personal opinion. It doesn't look too good for uh, Amber Heard at this time. I'm just waiting for Amber Heard to take the stand because then that's where I believe we get the real dirt. We can see how she handles all these questions that Johnny Depp's lawyers are going to be throwing at her on, on the stand. That's where I'm truly waiting for. And on to another topic with trial, or, well, coming up. Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez have a trial set date on September 14th. And Megan Thee Stallion had an interview with Gail King this week. I looked at it. I've seen it. I was like, okay, she had an interview with her. And more than less, I didn't like how the interview went because of this one thing. And people were pointing it out all the ways because when Megan Stallion got asked by Gail King, was she intimate? Did she have an intimate relationship with uh, Tory Lanez? And then Megan Stallion had to stop and say, like, sexual. And then Gail King laughed about it. She said, yes, Megan, like sexual. Did you have a sexual relationship with Tory Lanez? She took a brief moment to stop. And she said to Gail that, she, no, she never had uh, sexual relations with Tory Lanez. Now, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's real at all. You've gotten <laughs> the best friend talking about Megan in the past and videos is up there on YouTube saying that uh, Megan uh, used to be taking some some of her dudes. And this will be another implication of that because Tory Lanez would tweet out in a former tweet saying, uh, giving good dick had me screwing up two best friends and I got caught. So that tells you right there that, hey, listen, people tell, people are re-ratting on themselves. So Tory Lanez told on told himself right there. And the main thing I didn't like about this interview was that the stance in the business behind it. Because when you see something like this, this whole interview should have happened, what, 2021? 
or even late 2020. Because I believe by late 2020, she already changed her story by saying, yep, Tory Lane shot me. She got off the stance of saying that uh, she had glass in her feet or whatever the case what it was. And then she just straight up said, nope, Tory Lane shot me, da-da-da-da, and all that type of thing. So if this whole interview were to happen, it should have happened in 2020, late 2020, not now of 2022. And we're about to go into trial within months from now. But even then, it would have looked better for Megan back then than it is now because people are already turning on Megan. There's a lot of people turning on Megan, a lot of people. And as this whole thing continues to go, and now with the whole gag order that Tory Lanez basically got, and he can't say nothing so on social media, he can't say nothing in public, he can't say nothing. And basically, Tory Lanez has to shut up and sit down until he has to go to trial and basically stand on stand and testify and give his own testimony of what happened that night. That's where Tory Lanez will basically be able to shine that whole time for this whole situation. But until that time comes about, he has to shut up and just basically eat this as Megan goes on interview with Gail King. This interview didn't do nothing for Megan. It just gave her a bad look more because people were scrutinizing how Megan wasn't crying at all. How she would try to cry because you hear how, you know, when you're about to cry, you get the sniffles and you get like, like you can hear when somebody has like, the tears and mucus in the throat and they got to swallow it and all that type of stuff when people be crying and all that. You heard it when Megan was talking and you would see her constantly put the tissue up to her eye. And at one point I had to constantly pause and be like, yo, I don't see no tear or nothing because I'd be watching reality TV shows with my mother. I'd be watching some of the housewife stuff. I'd be watching some of the soap operas and even some of the reality like TV shows. When women are about to cry, they put they do that. They put the makeup on their face. They have all that stuff. And, but then they put like the uh, tissue next to the eye and all that stuff. They try to dab it. But even then, you can still see like the watermark stain on the makeup where you see the tear went. You only got to see that one time in that whole Megan Thee Stallion interview. And that was like when the tear like escaped finally and it hit slid all the way down to like her nose onto her top lip. And I saw the mark. I was like, all right, there it is. I was waiting for the tear because I was really trying to figure out, like, is she really trying to cry? Because you were only able to muster up one tear out of that whole situation. Your face should have had at least a couple uh, streak marks. I'm not saying like it'd be completely messy because you are a mega star and you know how to damp your face up. You're a girl, for God's sakes. But for Megan to be the star that she is and for her to go on this thing with Gail King, and you know you're going to have millions of people watching this because, again, this is a highly publicized uh, thing that's still going on, and I don't know how this is still going on. Um, you got to have some wet marks. You got to have some tear marks on your face so you could, so people could understand that, A, oh, she was crying. She is showing her a hum, uh, humanistic, human side. I was about to say some big fancy word, but no, I just really just dumbed it down for myself, too. But she's showing off her human side to the public. She's not showing off the Megan Thee Stallion persona. No, she's showing you Megan, showing you herself, the college uh, graduate. That's who she's showing you in this interview. And I just wish she would have did this in late 2020 because then you would have more people on your side. Now people are starting to question you much more now that you've done this interview with Gail King now since Tory Lanez really can't say nothing. You did something that I think that wasn't of your volition. I don't think this was Megan Thee Stallion's uh, idea to go with Gail King's show and do an interview with Gail King. I don't think that was her idea at all. I think that was somebody in management or somebody within the law system saying, hey, yo, you guys, you need to go over there and talk about this to gain public uh, the sway the public because again, if you guys remember in 2020, the public was on her side. People were saying, "Screw Tory, how could he shoot Megan?" Dot 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 dot. Now it's time has gone by and we haven't got any type of resolution to this. People are starting to flip. People are having their personal stances be switched. Be like, you know what? How are y'all taking so long to just get this thing done? If he shot her, you guys should have the residue, gun residue. You should have everything that you need right there. You could easily just grab him up, nab him. Say, hey, yo, he did this, mong, jail. But not, nah, that hasn't happened. So, again, this whole interview was bad. You got some celebrities coming out here saying that that wasn't a good idea. You have Vivica A. Fox. She had, she was on her uh, show on Fox uh, called uh, Soaps. Well, no, not Soaps. Souls Cocktails with Queens. Vivica said that 
uh, she didn't think it was a smart idea for Megan to speak publicly on the case. She said, I really don't think that her people should have advised her, well, should have advised her of this until this is settled. And then you could tell your side of the story. That's when you talk. You go out and do the press run and all that type of stuff after the court case has been done, not before the court case was done. 50 Cent was just like every other guy. He said, nah, I don't believe that Megan didn't have a sexual relationship with him. So all this is basically lining up with like, yo, Megan, I want you to please, please think about your next move before you do something. Same thing with you, Tori, because you know what? I'm on the side of, uh, I'm starting to like say, yo, let my man do his business. He should be able to talk. First of all, it's not fair. It's not fair that Tori has to shut up and wait until the trial, but apparently his lawyers weren't that great. I'm just going to be blunt with you. Your lawyers weren't that great. So to advise your lawyers to, Ayo, I fine, I got to sit out, but you guys better do your work, do the job, get what you got to do. Because if I know I didn't shoot this girl and I've been sitting silent for so long, but then when I finally did say something or make music videos, and that got struck and Yo, you guys better do what you got to do to get this thing set and right for whenever we go to trial. So then when I get up there, I tell the whole story. Nobody can even challenge my story. And if they do, I'll easily be able to rebuttal them real easy, real fast with the truth. But Tory Lanez need to have that real heart-to-heart motivational talk with his lawyers. Because right now, in the court, I'm not sure how this is going to be swayed out. I don't know. Because there's a whole lot of backdoor... Uh, Shaking of hands. We all know some judges can be corrupted. We all know that is all about money at the end of the day with certain judges. Certain judges stand on actual uh, purity and following the rules and regulations. I don't know what's going to happen with this trial. I just know that, yo, something needs to happen. And right now, Tory Lane's not being able to say anything. That's done dirty. But, Tory, you got to get better lawyers, bro, for that. And that's also for anybody else. If you guys got to stay silent, please make sure you have good lawyers to really like decimate your competition if you have to stay silent. On to something else this week that uh kind of startled me for took me for a loop and this is still coming from the entertainment business side as this comes from page 6. It reads Olivia Wilde served with custody papers over her kids with Jason Sudeikis during CinemaCon. CinemaCon is basically Warner Brothers uh Comic-Con is basically them get to show off their movies that's coming down the line either this year or next year. And as page six would page six would detail that Olivia Wilde was stunned to be served custody papers by her ex, Jason Zedekis, while on stage at CinemaCon Tuesday night. The Ted Lasso stars lawyers hired a process server to hand crucial documents over to Wilde concerning their two young children. But Wilde was left Shocked when the server tracked her down to Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas Tuesday night, where she was promoting her new movie, Don't Worry Darling. However, sources tell Page Six that Sadegas had no knowledge of the plans and would never condone while being served in such an inappropriate manner. She was handed a manila envelope from a woman who slid it on stage in the middle of the presentation, asking her, this is for her. After opening the documents, Wilde carried on without blinking and showed the trailer of the movie. Uh, Wilde is 38 and Sudeikis is 46. Split in November 2020, after seven years together, they were engaged in the co-parents of son, Otis, eight, and five-year-old daughter, Daisy. A source told Page Six, papers were drawn up to establish jurisdiction relating to the children of Miss Wilde and Mr. Sudeikis. Mr. Sudeikis had no prior knowledge of the time or place that the envelope would have been delivered as this would solely be up to the process service company involved and he would never condone her being served in such an inappropriate manner. They're currently working out the terms of their custody agreement. So this why this shocked me whole thing is this. You can get served anywhere. And this was just out there because I didn't think that you... Okay, I've never been served anything. And I've always, I've seen shows, I believe like True TV had it at one point where somebody's jobs were like to go and find somebody and tell them that they've been served and hand them papers. They were like walking to bars. I've seen them like walk into somebody's like car and hand the papers. I've seen people like knock on their doors. I've seen films of everybody getting served and all that type of stuff. I just think at a big convention like this, you being served is real crazy. I think that's something that needs to be personally handled. Never ever like publicly like this. But again, Hey, it's all up to the person that the third party that you hired and that third party said, hey, man, whatever you can get them, 
give them the papers and our job will be done. So they don't care about none of that. They're just basically hitmen for hire. Give us the papers. We'll find who you need to us to deliver the papers to and go about the business. So this was just something that I think people need to be aware of. Hey, yo, you got people serving you. Be prepared. They could show up anywhere. They could show up at your doorsteps. They could show up at your job. They could show up at a wedding. They could show up at a funeral. They could show up anywhere. So again, just please be careful. Uh, before I get you guys out of here, I want to talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Now, there are certain people I'll call out in this world, and certain people I won't call out in this world. As for the past episodes of this whole April month, I've been calling out Apple to give me my uh, statistics back to let me see who's been downloading the podcast in America. And still right now, I haven't been able to get it back yet, but with all sure, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get them soon. But Elon Musk, Elon Musk dropped $44 billion on Twitter. Elon Musk is somebody I will never call out. I don't care what it is. I'm never calling him out because if you drop $44 billion on a social media app, what makes you think he can't do something else? Just think about that. Seriously. If Elon Musk wanted to buy Apple, he could have bought Apple with that $44 billion. Not an M, but a B. Not a small B, but a big B. $44 billion liquid. So that means Elon Musk now is the owner of Twitter all the paperwork has still hasn't been signed and been uh taken care of. It's gonna take a couple uh months for it to be like officially like Twitter's in the hands of Elon Musk. But reports have been said and it has been indicated that Elon Musk is the legit owner of Twitter and Twitter has per like agreed to the forty four billion. It's just crazy to me. Elon Musk could have built his own social media site, but he wanted to buy something that was already established. And personally, I ain't got no beef with it at all. I've seen people complain about why didn't he do something with world hunger or something else. I'm like, what the world hunger thing? Listen here, it's called world hunger, aka is the world, not just a one person situation problem to fix. It requires the entire world to fix it. So aka you can get billionaires, you can get regular people, you can get everybody coming together to help figure out the world hunger situation. It's not just an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos type deal, even though they have trillions of dollars. Listen, that's not their, that's not their lane. That's not their ballpark. So get off that. It is what it is on that one. All right. Elon Musk is somebody I was just never going to call out. That is just crazy to me. I was trying to figure out, did he just have 44 billion just stashed down and just lay it out, just like, just give it up? Like, I was trying to figure out how did he just do this? I was trying to figure out, but CNN was able to break some of it down. It says, under the terms of the deal, shareholders will receive $54.20 in cash for each share of the Twitter stock they own matching Musk's original offer and marking a 38% premium over the stock price the day before Musk revealed his stake in the company. So he's paying people off that's already got like in the stock market. If you have Twitter stock, well, prepare to get a check from Elon Musk. So, hey, congratulations to you guys. So what does this mean in the future? What does this mean? Is Elon Musk going to just transform this thing into a tech uh, app or what? Well, it says right here in CNN, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters of value to the future of humanity are debated, Musk said in a statement Monday. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. So it seems to me that Elon Musk is going to try to basically even out the horizon of public fodder and public thought on Twitter. I got no beef with that because you know what? That's basically the real world. In college, that's basically it as well because that's basically what a whole lot of these college uh, classes are too. We're going to respect each other. We're just going to uh, say what your opinion is. Even though you might not like somebody's opinion, please have respect for it and all that type of thing. I think that's what Musk is trying to go with. We got to give people uh, their own we got to give them their own microphone. We got to give them their own mic. 
to say what they want to say, to feel how they want to feel, and basically just tweet it out. Now, here's why I think we get into some dangerous situations with it. Again, certain people are probably going to say a whole lot of hateful stuff, probably have some uh, slander to certain people of certain minority groups. So what I mean by that, probably some slander to the LGBTQ community, some slander to the Asian community, certain slander to the black community, certain slander to the Jewish community, certain slander to the... Uh, Arab community, the Middle Eastern community, you get the drift. People that are not white are basically going to get slandered hard by this. Now, do I think Elon Musk has a plan set up for it? I think he does. I think he's keeping that in the tuck, and you just want to see how everything goes so far whenever he does take it over. But I think Elon has a plan for all these type of things with uh, Twitter in his back pocket. Personally, if somebody says something harmful to you, just say something back to them on Twitter, you could easily ignore it, or if you want to just go into a back and word joust with people on Twitter, you could do that too, or, and this is or, you can get off Twitter, and do something else, play video games, uh, interact on there online, or go to Facebook, and just transfer all your stuff over there to Facebook, I mean, or go do something on Instagram, or do something else on another app if you don't like Twitter with the way that Elon Musk is going to take over when he does it. I mean, there's so many possibilities. I just don't know what style Elon Musk is going to be doing it in. I just can't wait to see it because, again, this is different to me because Elon Musk, I just associate with Tesla, not uh, social media apps. So, again, this is going to be fun to see. I mean, he did tweet out that, yo, he wants to buy Coca-Cola and, like, put cocaine in it. I know he was joking about that. He didn't really mean it. So let's stop it right there. I found that as a funny tweet because everybody thinks that Coca-Cola, when it first came out, did have some coke in it. And it probably did have some cocaine into it because I remember reading about it like they had a little like a I don't know if it was element of cocaine into it or they literally had a little bit of it. But it did technically have cocaine in Coca-Cola when it first came out. So, again, it's it was a funny tweet. And also, I don't know if this is real or not, neither, but he Somebody had a photo of it saying on Elon Musk tweet saying that he wants to buy McDonald's and fix all the ice cream, uh, ice cream machines. I would love that. Yo, if Elon Musk really did buy McDonald's and that was part of his whole thing. I think he would just win public favor over that every time because I don't care who you are. How many times have people went to McDonald's and they said that their ice cream machine was broke? I can, it was countless amounts of times that has happened to me and my family. It is ridiculous. But if that were to happen, Elon, I would personally thank you. Like, real talk. Like, thank you, thank you. If you were to buy McDonald's, I really would be up to that for you to buy it. And that will be your first train of thought to fix an ice cream machine. But again, hey, Elon Musk had 44 Billy just to wait and chill out and just to throw it out to Twitter. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I like Twitter. I get a lot of my news off of that. I get a whole lot of... Uh, looking at public thought on Twitter. And personally, I enjoy just reading people's tweets personally on Twitter. Certain tweets I don't agree with, but obviously that's just like life. So I'm looking to see what happens with Twitter. Now, with all that being said, let me get you guys out of here. Uh, my social media links where you can reach me at Twitter. You can find me at, at my2podcast. Instagram, my2centspodcastg2. And my email if you want to email me, my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Again, it's my number two C E N T S P O D at yahoo.com. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for downloading episodes. Apple, I will enjoy if you please give me back my uh, statistics to know who is downloading in each state. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Podbeam, Audible, Amazon Music. These are the big five that you can find my uh, podcast. And also you can find it other uh, podcast networks too. But these are like the big five that I know for a fact. Now, always remember. I love you, I love you. I love you all. I thank you all. Truly, again, I get to see it from at least some of the statistics that I do see. Who is downloading from which states and all that type of stuff. I love you guys. I love everybody on this earth. But I do love you guys because you guys do take the time out of your day to download the episode. Listen to the episode. Whether you are in the gym, you're driving to work, or you're driving back from work, or whatever the case may be. You happen to just download the episode and listen to it. I do greatly appreciate it. I thank the international listeners for listening as well. I do see you guys as well. I thank you. Um, I want everybody to have a great May, 
great beginning of May. Again, this is going to be May 4th this week, Star Wars Day for a lot of Star Wars uh, fanatics. I want you guys to have a great time and please be safe out there with your whole Star Warring out here. And also, that's good. I just want people to be safe, okay? Because it's weird people out here, people out here creating chaos and just doing things to people and just because you think they're uh, part of your culture, aka the Star Wars culture, you guys could be out there watching a Star Wars film. Because I don't know if movie theaters are going to be like trying to run a replays of Star Wars movies, which I would think that'd be a genius idea. Always every May Fourth, you always get money popping in. But again, people going to be out at some parties watching Star Wars. I just want everybody to be safe and know your people who are you are around, and just be careful, okay? And again, May 6th, my birthday, I want to do absolutely nothing, to be honest with you. I'm just going to be chilling with my family, and that's about it. That's all I got for you. Now, everybody, please be safe. Please be careful. Please have a great week. Please have a great first week of May. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. I'll be doing something on Mother's Day. I don't know what yet, but I will think of something. Now, with all that being said, I want you guys to have a great week. Please be safe. Please be careful. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh -huh. Jesus wept. Uh -huh.